Say amen. Would you put your hands together and welcome Brother Ronnie Cupson as he comes to preach the word of the Lord to us tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. It was on a Wednesday night, just like tonight. Sometimes we come with a little less expectation. Just mark one down for me, Lord. I'm tired in body. I'm stressed out to the max. On a Wednesday night, God began to move blind eyes was opened just a few weeks ago just a few weeks ago in a service on a Saturday night while the devil was out partying God was in performing miracles fourth stage cancer colon cancer Had went through treatment. Treatment was not working. That was on a Saturday night. One of our preacher's wives had a colonoscopy scheduled for on Monday morning. See what they were going to do next. Healing flowed in that service. Power of God released. And on that service, she began to feel something she said she never felt. On a Monday, we were traveling, leaving after we closed on Sunday night. By Monday afternoon, I got a text after the colonoscopy. She had polyps all in her colon. And when they done the colonoscopy, they says, there is not the first polyp. Your, your colon looks like a baby's colon. She said, and I have the text. She said, I would have just shouted if he would have said, don't see me back for six months. She said, but your blood levels is fine. Everything's fine. There is no need for you to see me back for three years. It's not over till God says it's over. Just this past week in Steelville, Missouri, we were in revival. Had a hole in one of the main valves of the heart. And God closed it just like that. The doctor done the MRI and says it was there, but no longer now. I'm not, I'm not preaching faith tonight. I, I just felt like kind of backing up what Pastor Danny said that we need to really just believe that God's not going to put you to a place that he's not going to carry you through. 83-year-old woman sitting over here on my left side came to revival, started on Wednesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, last week. You don't have many revivals like that. That wore me out. But boy, God done some great things. Um, two heart conditions, that hole in the valve was healed. 83-year-old woman, she was hobbling in there. She could not even kneel down to pray. And God healed her hip. And she was able to kneel down, get up and down. She's walking out, leaving everybody behind. 
There's nothing impossible with God. Tumors disappear. You don't have a problem tonight that God can't resolve. Sometimes man has to get exhausted so that God can intervene and produce a miracle. So take that home with you tonight, brother. I'm just trusting the Lord. Uh, we had back problems healed. Uh, we've seen God in the last six months. God replaced total hips in back, both hips. Young man come to me and gave me a long name. I said, put that in plowboy terms. I don't understand what that name is. He said, basically, I've got to have new hips. I can't walk. I said, do you believe God can heal you? He says, I'm ready right now. Laid hands upon him and he began to shout. He said, there's fire in my hips. I said, if you're feeling fire, I said, start marching. God replaced both of his hips. Somebody says, oh, no, 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 no. That, that well, God created the body, so why can't he recreate it? Man came up for prayer, not in one of my meetings, but let me just, if you don't think that's super. Man come up in one of another evangelist meetings and had a patch on his eye, and he said, I, I, I want God to heal my eye. He said, Brother, God can do that right now. And so he pulled it out, and there was no eyeball. Preacher <clears throat> almost like choked and croaked. He said, God, it's a little bit beyond my faith. He said, but the boy wants to be healed. He wants an eye. And he says, it's not me that's doing it. You're going to do it. So he laid hands upon him, and God put a white eyeball white eyeball in there he put his hands upon him he says I forgot to ask you the Lord wants to know what color eye you want he said I want a blue eye to match my other one and it turned blue the best part of it is he could see 2020 out of it Y'all come too late to tell this preacher that God don't do miracles. I'm not telling you somebody else's story. I'm telling you things that God has blessed in our ministry in the last six months. I'm just excited to be a part in the kingdom of God. That's not what I'm going to preach on tonight. But if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Hallelujah. So good to be here tonight with you. Uh, I was understanding, I think, Brother... Elida was supposed to preach. I, I wish to God now he would have went and preached. But uh, I got two of my favorite preachers here tonight, Brother Elida and Brother Tapia. And I, I feel a little bit nervous. Amen. So I'm just going to not preach and let God preach. If Brother Tapia come up here, he could preach for like me, for like Brother uh, Bernard. And y'all all feel good. Love you, my friend. Appreciate you. If you have your Bibles tonight, in the book of Genesis, chapter number three, 
I do feel like God has spoken to my heart for this service tonight. We do give honor to your great pastor and first lady. We do miss them. We miss. We I'm going to be, be nice. I miss Cheryl. I was going to say something bad, but in her defense, I, I'll be nice. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the, every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doeth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. serpent was the most subtle he was the most cunning he was the most shady slickest guy in the garden and he couldn't tell the truth you better remember one thing that when some voice starts speaking to you anti against what God has already said, you better check up on the voice. And that goes from the word of God that is written and also from the man of God that God has placed over you as your shepherd. Hallelujah. God help us tonight. I want to preach for just a few moments about having a firewall for the soul. Having a firewall. If I'm going to protect anything, I want to protect my soul. It is of the most important thing in my life. Because I've never seen a hearse with uh, a wagon behind it, U-Hauls hooked up to it, taking your belongings with them. It's just you and your soul. And it's going to be left for the world, your children, and everybody else to fight over. The only thing that you should really consider valuable is your soul. This may not have been what you came expecting on a Wednesday night, but I feel like God wants to speak to somebody in this place tonight. Gracious God, we thank you tonight, Lord, for the people of God that has so chosen to be in this service. I pray that you would bless them 
I pray that you would speak to us. Help us tonight, God, to hear from you. Anoint us, O God. As the word is anointed, God, anoint my lips. I give you due honor unto your holy name. In Jesus' name, we ask it and pray it. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. In this internet-savvy generation, uh, the term firewall is not only common language, but it's an essential component for the proper functioning of your personal computer. And to ignore a firewall's value is to put yourself at risk of losing everything that is imported to you on your hard drive. We live in an hour of hackers. You think Facebook is something to get hacked in. There's a whole lot of things that's being hacked besides Facebook. And uh, I think that it's important that we should strive to protect our belongings. We have all kinds of passwords, uh, some so many that you can't even remember all of them. You've got them written down and prayed nobody hacks that. Then they really got you. And, and you've you, you got all these passwords so that nobody can hack into it, and it gets to where I can't even hack into my own. What was the password to that? And so... Literally years worth of information can be lost if you fail to maintain an adequate firewall as a part of your standard equipment. Viruses, I'm just going to tell you, hackers, viruses, they don't care about your knowledge base. They don't care about your intentions. They're not worried about your schedule they're not worried about the value of what is at risk of being lost. Ignorance and being too busy are no excuse against not having a firewall in place in case of a virus attack. For a long time, I laughed at that until we started using Apple products, but I'm not so overly convinced because I'm not so computer savvy that I understand all the ins and the outs of it, but supposedly that the Apple is not supposedly have to necessarily have the firewall. They have their own firewall protection, whatever it is. But a firewall in principle is a gatekeeper whom on one hand it exists to block unwelcome traffic, while on the other hand it allows traffic deemed accessible to enter your network. It don't only block, but it also supposed to recognize what is eligible to enter in and be in a safe zone. So who in their right mind would not have a firewall? We protect everything about us. We protect our 
identity. We protect our credit card numbers and we protect our social security numbers and we go to extremes to find the most uh, secret uh, avenues that we can protect ourselves. But what about our soul? It's all right to protect the things of this world. We cover our automobiles in insurance. We cover our homes in insurance. And we cover our burial in insurance. And we want to make sure that our children are taken care of. And we want to make sure our spouses are taken care of. But what about our soul? What about the thing that matters the most? Friend, it doesn't matter if you don't have a good idea of what kind of access you want to allow or to deny. A firewall really won't help you no matter how affected the firewall is if you have not given it the process of what you want it to not allow. You're the one that kind of sets the code. I will not allow this, and I will not allow that. I want my children protected from this. I don't want pornography, and I don't want this, and I don't want that. That's absolutely wonderful. But if you don't set those guidelines, and if you don't set the standard high enough, a firewall will not do you any good. You see, the internet, like the spiritual realm, is plagued with those who enjoy the electronic equivalent of the thief who comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy everything dear to you. And they're called hackers. However, when a firewall is used properly, it keeps unwelcome thieves out of your network while still letting you get your work done done. I'm telling you friend, it's important that we have a firewall on our soul. I believe that there needs to be a gatekeeper. There's got to be somebody in your life that will not always be a yes person. That will always agree with you. That will always go with your flow. That will always accept what you think is right is right somewhere you need a voice in your life you need a protector in your life that will stand up and see beyond what you are seeing and saying you're missing something here don't you see don't you see what's happening here you don't need to to do that you don't need but, but, but I done did it What good is a firewall if you don't set high standards? You see, deception is to mislead by giving distorted impressions. I got a birthday call here last year, and on the other line was a very prominent voice that if I didn't have caller ID that it was Jacob Tapia, I would have thought Brother Bernard was calling wishing me happy birthday. 
<laughs> oh, God, then he went to speaking from the grave, Charlie Mahaney. And I'm going like, uh, but I, I need to put a firewall here. Deception is very uh, distorted. Impressions are false sense of reality. It is to trick. It's to cheat or to beguile. The ancient Greeks used the word to describe the pleasure that comes from watching the theater. Deception is being pacified by unreality. But pain and confusion result from trusting false promises. How many times have you ordered something from a catalog, but when you got it, we know all about that. Me and my wife done made a pack that we don't need to order stuff like that that looks so good, but we ordered it. It didn't say anything about where it was coming from, at least I'll be kind enough. It come from overseas, and uh, they said two-day shipping. <laughs> we figured it would be somewhere here in the States, but it would be shipped in two days, not telling you it was going to come across the sea and take two weeks to get here by boat. And uh, the picture looked really well and nice and pretty. But when she got the package, after she finally got the package, it was a two-month process. Yeah, it's crazy. After she finally got the package and she opened it up, it was the most cheapest made junk that we paid $100 for. <clears throat> that we just should have given it to somebody on the street. Because right now, I think it's in a bag. And uh, she's looking for somebody who might want it. Y'all interested in some junk? Believe you me, you'd have to remake it. Cheaply made stuff. But, oh, when you order things, it looks so good. It's so deception, deception, so deceiving how things. The devil is the most deceptive thing in this world. Deception is very scary because it's deceptive. Satan will always try to undermine the authority of the word of God. Deception compromises divine provision and protection. So why does Satan deceive? Because Satan cannot create anything. All he can do is manipulate what has been created. Since he cannot match God's power, Satan has to maximize the power that he has, and that is through deception. And so deception is his strong point. He has turned it into an art form. And if Satan can make you believe something that is not true, then he controls you. And the greatest guard against deception is knowledge. 
Knowing what is truth, knowing what is right, knowing what is good and what is evil. It's important that we understand that knowledge is important to us. This knowledge concerning the tree had been communicated. It had not been revealed to Eve. There is a difference in secondhand truth. There is a difference in revelation and secondhand conversation. Brother Toppy and I was talking just yesterday and that come up in our conversation. It, it can be something can be said between two people. And by the time it gets from someone else to the someone else to the someone else, it is a far cry from what it was originally said in the text. And that's exactly what the devil does to us. And he tries to give people secondhand truth, secondhand communication. He doesn't give you the knowledge of who said it or what said it. Go to where the buck stops. Go back to the horse that said it. But this was the way Eve was. Eve was not, had, did not have the revelation of what God had said because God had spoken this to Adam way before Eve was ever created. This was what God said to Adam. And Adam just kind of communicated it to Eve. And then, so when the devil came to her, it was just her living on secondhand truth. And so she really didn't have a revelation. You need to have somebody in your life that will give you the uh, revelation of what God says for your life. You and I cannot afford to make the decisions on our own we need to have a firewall protector for our soul I will not make hasty decisions on anything without somehow another conferring to somebody that might know something a little bit more than what I know because it's not because I want somebody else to know my business it's just the fact that I don't want to fail in my business I want to make sure that I'm making the right call. I want to make sure that I'm making the right move. And the only way I can do that is to have some protector in my life. Everybody needs a pastor. Preachers are not exempt from pastors. I know. Saints of God has the ideas. Well, you just think you're Mr. Know-it-all, and you tell me how to rule my life, and you tell me this. What about you? Who's going to tell you? We do have pastors. We do have people that speaks into our life. And it's not always, Brother Tapio, what we really want them to say. Sometimes they see things, and that's what I want. Somebody to not always be a yes man that would say, bro, I'm just going to tell you, you better stand still. You better hold back on that. And not argue with it. Because that's why I have that firewall in my life. Is not to rebuttal it, not to rebel, or not to buck the system, but that it could save me some pain and agony. I don't know why I'm preaching this tonight, but I really feel like that we protect everything 
in our life. We put value upon everything in our life. But when it comes to things that will separate you from a relationship with God, when it comes to just having one-on-one time with God, oh, there's nothing that's better than that. There's nothing better for the light of them waking up in the morning and starting your day off with just a one-on-one time with God and just having that close-knit relationship. And you know it's just, oh, something about it. You know he's there and he talks to you and he walks with you and he helps you all along the way. And that's wonderful. And my God, I can't afford to let the world or the devil or the things of this world creep in and destroy and separate me from that because when it's all said and done it won't be the house that you have bought and you have spent your hard earned money on that's going to get you in a better place in heaven it's not going to be the people that you know but it's going to be is your soul well with God where does my soul stand with God I can be broke Busted and disgusted. I can be so put out and put up and put out wet and hung up to dry. I can be all kinds of just a little of nothing and still have a good soul. I can be a homeless person and shout the streets of gold. You see, it's not the things down here, but we so many times over-prioritize the value of earthly things. But we do not take enough time to really firewall and protect our soul. That's the reason why that I give plea to you tonight. Please don't repent the voice that speaks into your life don't get an attitude with the pastor as he preaches things to you it might not be what you want to do but friend is what we need to do the flesh is going to die and go back to the earth from whence it come but the principles of righteousness and holiness and separation will be the foundation that you can live on throughout eternity it's important that you hear the voice of the firewall it's not acceptable it cannot come it's not allowed oh the devil wants to tell you you don't need to go to a church where that's all you hear is that ain't allowed oh Jesus That's what the devil is trying to put in the church all over North America. Come as you are, stay as you are, live as you are, and I'll be happy. If you won't change, it ain't going to change until you change. It's going to stay the same. So somewhere we have to come out. Somewhere we have to become separated somehow another we must hear the voice of the Lord speaking into our life we must guard against the world you see Adam was created and received God's instruction before Eve was formed and she was operating on a secondhand information if all you ever receive is secondhand truth you're in trouble 
because you are in deception already and don't even know it. I'm just sorry to tell you all this. I got friends that tell me things that I don't go to the bank with. I believe them. If Brother Tapia tells me something, if he heard it, seen it, I might be more affirmative in me believing it. But if he comes and says, so-and-so told me that, that's second-hand truth. And we're not sure if the one that told us, told us, told them, told them, really has the story right. And before we know it, we're out here all judging people that we don't even have a right to judge them because we have been deceived in believing a lie about somebody or something that we have no business judging them on. And it's definitely not your place, and I'm not being trying to be a pastor tonight, but it's definitely not your place to take that uh, kind of communication and run to somebody else about it. If, if, if anything, run to God about it and talk to God. Say, Lord, I don't know if this is the truth or not, but if it is, if there's any truth to it, God, intervene in the matter and leave it with God. And then get spiritual amnesia. Then forget it ever hurt, you ever heard it. Don't even remember that no more. But you see, Satan's weapon is his mouth. Serpent. The Hebrew definition of the word serpent is one who whispers, one who hisses, or one who suggests. Satan's deception will always cause distrust for spiritual authority and doubt of the truth. Not only did he cause Eve to rebel against God, but to misconstrue the words of her earthly authority in Adam. Why do people have rebellion in their hearts today? Why won't children naturally obey their parents? Because of deception. God help us to know when the voice of the enemy is speaking to our life and please protect your soul. If the devil tries to take you away from anything authoritative of the word of God, the man of God, the kingdom of God, you better have a firewall there to protect you from believing what he's saying. Because he is very susceptible. He is so slick. He comes in and he whispers to you. And he will hiss. And he will suggest. You know, it's not important to, to live like all of that kind of living. It's not important that you dress like that. It's not important that you pray that much. It's not important that you go to church so much. Them people are the goingest church people I've ever seen in my life. Once a week is good enough for me. You best be careful that these voices does not get through the firewall into your soul because it will cause you ultimate loss without God. If you listen to it long enough, 
you will become comfortable with it. That's the reason why that we as saints of God, ministers or whoever, that's the reason why that you can't hang around, watch, or listen to things that has curse words in it. Because if you're not careful, it becomes acceptable into the brain. That's all right. It still gets under my skin. Yeah, I don't like it. There's slang words that's not even curse words that kind of like, whoo, I wish. Hmm. You got to put a protection there. You say, well, I don't believe you have to be that strict. I'm not saying the level of strictness. That's going to be between you and God. But the most valuable thing tonight that you must protect is your soul and your children's soul. Your children may hate you. They may be angry with you because you limit what they see, hear, watch, or who they go with or do these things. But you are their firewall. You're the protector of their soul. Because one day they're going to grow up and they're going to say, Dad and Mom, thank you for shielding me from that filth. Thank you for protecting me and not letting that junk get in my heart. I'm so thankful that I didn't have to live around such vulgar language and corrupt communication. We were talking yesterday driving down the road. My wife and uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, we were driving. And my, my dad, he's been in the church all of my life. But before he got in the church, he was a chain breaker. No, not a chain breaker. He was a chain smoker. God's a chain breaker. And we got to laughing about it because we got to thinking about it. My dad used to said he used to, I don't know this. He told me this. He said, I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I said, my God, Dad. I said, how many? He says, that's 20 cigarettes per pack. And they got to laughing. They said, they, he must have just been a smokestack the whole day, 24 hours, just, just you know. I said, well, that was years before they had smoking laws. You had to get out 20 foot, 50 foot from some building. You could probably just sit there and let the ashes drop while you're working, you know, and just sit there and smoke. But thank God whenever him and mom finally wised up to go to church and get right with God and then start having their family, I thank God that I'm spared that I can't remember ever seeing my dad light up. I haven't missed nothing. I have never missed my dad drinking uh, Slitz beer, beer, Budweiser, Milwaukee, and all that stuff, the Bud and Light, Budweiser, all. I don't know enough about it to tell you, but I can just tell you one thing. I'm thankful that I've been protected. You parents tonight are the firewall protector of your children. 
So be strong enough to not allow anything of the filth of the world to get through to your children. I pray the blood of Jesus over my family, and I'm closing tonight. I pray the blood of Jesus till this day. I have nothing. I cannot really. They're a separate family. She's grown. She's married. She's got her own life. But I can tell you, I may not can be there every day in her life. I tried to do my job while she was at home, and I was the fire protector and the firewall protector then, and she wanted to do certain things. I said, baby, because everybody's doing it, don't make it right. There was many times we had headbutts saying, you know, no. The answer, bottom line, still no. You can flip them little old long eyelashes and big brown eyes up at my heartstrings all you want to. The answer's no. But everybody's doing it, Daddy. I said, it don't matter. It's still wrong. I can't be there now. She's married and grown, got kids of her own. But you know what? I'm still protecting her every day and every night. Before I go to bed, I'm pleading the blood over her and my children and my grandchildren every day. Satan, I remind you right now that I'm reapplying the blood of Jesus around my family. And if you're dumb enough to cross the blood and get the blood of Jesus on your feet, then you go right ahead. He won't do it. He will not trample the blood of Jesus. He's too scared of him. The devil ain't near as powerful and slick willy like he thinks he is and wants us to believe he is. The Bible says he believes in God, but he trembles. And I pray tonight that as the serpent came to Eve, she cheated. He cheated her. He lied to her. He caused her to believe a lie. And then Adam Everybody say it was Eve's fault, but really and truly it was Adam's. Because Eve had secondhand truth and Adam had revelation. Adam knew not to do that because that's what God said not to. But instead he says, I don't see no harm in it. Let's go ahead. Don't be so quick to make your decision over something that the devil tells you that God says you don't have to do. Because if God says you need to do it, you don't need to believe anything else that says you don't. He said to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day approaching. You know what I give him that scripture right there? If you're going to have church, let's have church more. As you see the day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. You need the brethren. You need the sisters. You need the word of God preached in your life. You need the worship. You need the atmosphere. How many here has cell phones? Don't lie. Go ahead and raise your hand. Do you have to plug them things in to charge them every day? How about maybe two times a day? Yeah, maybe three times a day. Because it's got a battery. And Facebook knows how to drain it. 
YouTube knows how to drain it. Oh, we don't mind. We just plug that darling in. That's exactly what you got to do when you come to the house of God. You think you're going to make it from Sunday to Sunday? <laughs> you're going to be a weak darling. That's the reason why you need to plug in every day. And you need to say, God, please help me. I pray every day, God, forgive me as we stand together. I pray, God, search my heart, cleanse me, forgive me. If there's anything that has slipped in unbeknownst to me. If I've said something that I may not should have said, it's like a secondhand truth. I thought about that after I told you something yesterday about I heard so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm going like, you know, after I walked away from you, Brother Toppy, I said, you know, I shouldn't even said that. Maybe the Lord was kind of just slapping me in the face a little bit. And he says, you know what? If you only if you knew it, that was the truth, then that might have been been okay if you share. But that, that, he's my friend. But you know what? He's, it don't matter. You don't need to carry that mess. I'm just confessing tonight. Is that all right? We all make mistakes. Yeah. Don't be so quick to believe just because you heard it. Hearing it don't make it the truth. It takes revelation for it to be truth. And if another preacher comes or if any other angel come preaching any other gospel, he said, let him be blessed and highly favored. He said, let him be a curse. So if a voice comes telling you, it's okay. Don't, don't listen to what Pastor Lytle says. Pastor Jordan says, you know, they, they ate too many beans. They just, you know, they, they just expecting you to live it a little bit higher. No, they're expecting all of us to live that. And don't let the devil deceive you to destroy you. God, help us. Could we raise our hands together and let's ask God to put a fire protection upon our soul. Fire of the Holy Ghost. God, protect our hearts. Protect us, God, from allowing things to get in our spirit, getting in our life. God, that needs not to be there. I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to put that protector there, to put a voice in our life. Oh, God. <coughs> God, we can't afford to protect everything but not protect our soul. I want to be saved above everything in my life. I want to be saved. This may only preach to one person tonight. But I got a feeling tonight that we are all guilty. Of losing the priority or protection of our soul. Because the Lord's not going to say, well, what kind of house did you build? How high in the car did you go and escalate? Did you get you a Bentley? Did you didn't reach the Bentley stage, so you're, you're a failure. You can still be driving a stick shift. Volkswagen VW without air. Nothing wrong with that. That's what I learned to drive on. 
It don't matter. That's not your success. Whether you're a pauper or a millionaire, it doesn't matter. But he's going to say, well done to those who have kept their soul and guarded it for their life. Has the devil tried to tell you anything different before? You know he has. He's spoken to your life, and you knew right off the bat it wasn't the truth. But if you're not spiritually at a level, you're easily consumed. I just don't want you to die lost, church. All you got to do is protect your soul. We are too close to the end of the race to let the things of this world get in where it don't need to get in. People put signs up, home protected by Smith and Wesson. There's packing going on everywhere now. You never know who's got heat on them. Don't raise your hands. I'm just telling you, we just believe in protecting. But what about our soul? What about your soul? Protect it, will you? God bless you. Thank Brother Cuffsit for preaching to us tonight.